Welcome to the Denver United Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by this timely message from God's Word. Amen. Thank you all so much. Do you? How are y'all feeling? Are y'all good today? Oh, gosh. I've only been gone for like seven weeks, but it feels like way longer. I've missed y'all so much. This feels like home, so don't ever treat me like a guest. Uh, It'll make me really upset. For those of y'all that are new over the last handful of weeks, y'all are like, who is this guy? Uh, My name's George. Nice nice to meet you. And if you're new, you could not have picked a better community or church to plug in with and be a part of. So I'm hyped to be here. Are y'all excited to uh, hear the Word of God today? If you are, can we put our hands together if you're expecting to hear from God? Yeah. I truly believe every time we approach this space, man, like we get out of it to the level of our expectation. So if we're really expecting the Holy Spirit to speak to us, you're going to walk out of this place full and encouraged, and it's going to be amazing. I have nothing to add to say, but really believing that God is going to speak to us today. So uh, I'm hyped for it. Uh, What we're going to talk about today, just for the few minutes that I have, I want to talk about decision making. Um, And more specifically, how can we discern God's will around the decisions that we have to make? And and really what we're going to do is we're going to, this whole message is going to be centered around answering this question, how do I know which way God wants me to go? Um, Have you ever had to make a decision? Maybe it's with regards to your business or with your kids, like do they go to that school or that school and how do I discern what to do or maybe it's in a relationship. We're going to talk about how do we discern God's will in the decisions that we make. Now, quick disclaimer, uh, who this message is not for. Um, So if you're a person who just clearly and 100% accurately can always discern the perfect will of God for your life in every situation. Like you wake up and you got a text from the Holy Spirit on what shoes to wear and what shirt to go with it because of it. Like if that's you and you always know, first off, like applaud, we applaud you. Like I, I, I think you're awesome. Not a good message for you today. You can probably use this time to catch up on email, uh, find some new memes that you can share on social, like find a better way to use the the time listening to this. But for the rest of us uh, who sometimes feel like we have to make some sort of decision and we can struggle with discerning like, God, which way do you want me to go with this? I really believe uh, this message is going to be helpful. So we're going to, we're going to study this passage of scripture from Acts chapter number one as our backdrop. Also, if you want to turn there, we're going to be in verse, I think it's 21. But before we dive into that, I want to give you some context to sort of where we are in the book of Acts. So Acts is just after all of the Gospels. Uh, All the action has just sort of went down. Jesus has been crucified. Uh, Everyone thought the movement was over, and he surprised everybody by coming back to life. Uh, And it was just absolutely amazing. He spends about 40 days showing himself to his disciples and proving that he actually is alive, and he's doing very extraordinary things in that time, like walking into locked rooms and scaring everybody. He's doing extraordinary things like that. He's also doing very normal things like eating fish um, and bread by the beach. He's just spending time with all of his disciples. And as his time is coming to an end, he gets them together. He gives them what we now know is like the Great Commission, like, hey, you guys are going to be my witnesses. Go to all the ends of the earth and tell people about the kingdom of God. He gives them this charge. And then it says that he ascends into heaven while they all watch. Uh, Now, this is one of those passages where I don't hear anyone preach on this. And I have like a lot of questions, like about how that went down. Was it like a, in your mind, was it a fast 
acceleration, like an Iron Man type thing where he's like, psh, like quick? Was it a slow David Blaine on the street corner type of thing? Like if it was slow, that's awkward because if you go slow, like what is he doing halfway? Like I'm still here. I don't know. Hey, however it worked out, he goes into the sky apparently and they're straining to see him so long that like two angels have to snap them out of it. Like, hey, what are y'all doing? Standing, staring into heaven, go wait for the Holy Spirit like he promised. So like this is where we are. Now, um, the, the disciples have a really like, their first order of business is they have an open roster spot on team 12 disciples. So they have, it was, was unfortunate with Judas, he betrayed Jesus and he's dead, fast forward. So they have to like fill this spot to go and fulfill this mission that Jesus has just dropped in their lap. So they have to make a massive decision on who's going to join the 12 and join them in this ministry. Huge decision, feels like a really weighty one with super uh, important consequences. So that's where we are, Acts chapter number 1 and verse 21, we pick up on it, it says this, Judas must now be replaced. The replacement must come from the company of men who stayed together with us from the time Jesus was baptized by John up to the day of his ascension, designated along with us as a witness to his resurrection. They nominated two, Joseph Barsabas, nicknamed Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, you, O God, know every one of us inside and out. Make plain which of these two men you choose to take the place in this ministry and leadership that Judas threw away in order to go his own way. They then drew straws, Matthias won, and was counted in with the 11 apostles. Super strange story. So the title of this message for the next uh, 24, 25 minutes is Hearing God and Drawing Straws. Hearing God and Drawing Straws, and, and we're going to use this story as a backdrop to sort of answer that big question, how do I know which way God wants me to go? Does that sound good? Are y'all with me? Can you just do this? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's pray. Bow your heads with me. We'll pray before we jump in. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? Amen. Let's put that question up real quick. How do I know which way God wants me to go? This is sort of like my outline. So this is what we're going to, we're just going to break this question down. So let's look at the first part of that question. How do I know? Now this, this first part of the question, I think really deals with certainty, right? Isn't that what many of us are seeking in our life. Like we want to know for sure how things are going to work out. That's why we do like contracts and agreements. We want some sort of certainty. So when it comes to decisions that we have to make in our lives and discerning God's will, the first part of that question, how do I know? Can I just answer it bluntly real quick at, off the top? You don't. Yeah. It, how do I know? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you're you're prob probably never going to know. That certainty that we're looking for might actually never come, and that actually might be where God wants us. To back me up on that, I called to the witness stand, Abraham. Y'all remember Father Abraham? Y'all want to sing the song? You know, remember the song from Sunday school? Father Abraham had, yep. All right, yeah, church kids are weird. Y'all are out of control. Yeah, dope song. Everyone knows Father Abraham if you didn't grow up in church. So if you don't know who Abraham is, he's this guy, this epic, legendary figure in the Old Testament who God chooses among everybody in the earth. And he's like, hey, I'm going to choose this guy to go into a covenant with. And you and your wife, you're going to become a nation. And you're going to be my own special possession in the earth. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to everybody else. And it's this amazing narrative that really weaves its way throughout 
the entire Old Testament. But the way that whole story starts, it just kind of comes out of nowhere in Genesis chapter number 12. And it says this, it says, the Lord had said to Abram, he hadn't yet changed his name to Abraham, he says, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Did you notice that line? He's like, hey, leave everything you know, family, culture, comfort, background, everything that your whole clan has, has, has become comfortable with, yet leave all that and go to the place. What, what place? Where are we going? I, I'll show you. When? Then? Huh? Wait, are you confused too? That's how Abraham felt. Like, where are we going? And we get another window into this account in Hebrews chapter 11, Verse 8, it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another, another land that God would give him as an inheritance. It says he went, look, without knowing where he was going. Can you, like, can you put yourself in Abraham's shoes for a second? You have to tell your whole crew, like, hey, we're going. So you're, they're packing up. They got their backpacks on. And they're like, hey, Abe, we're excited for the new plan, new vision. Change is always fun. Where... Where are we going now? And Abraham's just walking like, I, you ever have someone ask you a question you don't know the answer to, so you just act like you didn't hear him? You know what I mean? He just like laces up his teeth, like, I don't know, I didn't hear anything. Like, yo, where are we going? He's like, I have no idea where. Can you imagine going without knowing and just being like, everyone's following you and, and you're trying to obey God, but you have no, and I think there's so many stories like this throughout the Bible where we're called to obey God without really knowing how it's going to work out. A lot of times when we talk about faith, the opposite of faith that gets referenced a lot is fear, right? You've heard that, like, hey, the opposite of faith, we're either operating out of faith or out of fear. Totally true. I think that applies all the time. I would suggest at a deeper level, though, I, I think the opposite of faith is actually certainty, Think about it. If God called you to do something, anything, and then told you exactly how every step was going to work out the whole way, and you could see it with 20-20 vision from the beginning, how much faith does that actually require? I would say zero. So the, the, the thing that we are wanting to explain away and to get rid of, that fuzziness, that blurriness, how do I know we want, we want certainty, it probably is never going to come. And it might actually be the place where God wants you to be. Because when it's uncertain, when it's blurry, when it's fuzzy, when it's unknown, that's when you actually need to trust in God. If the path was clear from the beginning, it takes no faith. And Scripture says that without faith, it is what? It's impossible to please God. So if you're waiting on certainty before you make your decision, it might never show up. Um, I have a rule in my life. I heard someone say this one time, and I, I just jacked it. Now it's mine. Like, I've never, it's called my 60% rule. I'm never more than about 60% sure of anything God tells me to do. Uh, that's about it. Like, are you sure? Like, has God called you to do it? Like, 60%. Like, maybe. That might be as good as it's going to get. And if it's good enough for Abraham to leave everything and go without knowing, it might be good enough for us here in 2021. Like, so, so if you're waiting on certainty, Stop waiting on a bus that ain't coming. It's not going to show up, and God might want to keep you right there. So how do I know? You don't. That's just the way it works. Okay, next part of the question. 
How do I know which way? Which way deals with direction? Someone say direction. Yeah, like I've got a decision to make. I've got like four different paths I can choose. How, God, how can I go about discerning which path I'm supposed to take? What direction are you leading me in? So let's jump back into our story and see what it has to say about that. In verse number 21, it says, Judas must now be replaced. The replacement must come from the company of men who stayed together with us from the time Jesus was baptized by John up to the day of his ascension. You see what they did there? Like they applied this filter to their decision. They're like, all right, we got a lot of candidates. This is a a very uh, in-demand job opening that we posted. A lot of people want to be a part of it. Let's narrow this thing down. Let's apply a filter. All right, uh, they they have to have been with us the entire time. Um, you ever go on, Am- on Amazon and uh, you're looking to buy like a, you know, a hat, you know, for this weekend, you know, whatever. So you go to the search bar, you type dope hat for the weekend or whatever. And, it, and, it, and the search results come up and you see one towards the top and you're like, oh, that's the one. So you click on it and then it says it's going to take like 21 weeks to ship because it's stuck in some shipping container off the West Coast. Um, and you're like, God forbid I wait any longer than how long? Two days for anything to come. So what do you do? You do what I do. You go to the left side of the, of the window, you scroll down a little bit, and you click that button that says Prime Only. And then what does it do? It narrows the results and just shows me stuff that's going to show up at my house by Tuesday. Like that's, So that's what a filter does. It takes a lot of results and it narrows it down. So that's what these disciples are doing. Now the question I had was, where do they get this filter? Like it seems kind of random. Did they just pull it out of nowhere and like, hey, someone who's been with us the whole time, right? And I want to show you something that is really cool when I saw this. So if you go back in the gospel narrative a little bit, in the gospel of John, there's this encounter that Jesus has with his, with his disciples. It's towards the end of his life. He's like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And in that conversation, he says this, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you, speaking to his 12, you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So do you see what the disciples just did in this moment? Like I could see them in the boardroom and they're like, hey, they've got a lot of applicants. We've got to narrow this thing down. And then someone was like, remember that night? Oh, we're, we were by the fire and Jesus said something about us being witnesses and because we were with him from the beginning. Like, like that seems important. And they, took, they were in a situation. I want you guys to see this. This is so important. They didn't know what to do in this situation. So they took something that they did know from the past that God had already said to them, and they applied it to this situation to make it a little bit easier. So they didn't know what to do now, but they were like, when was the last time I was clear? And they went back to something God had already spoke to them in the past and used it as a filter to make this decision. And sometimes when we have to decide, God, which way do you want me to go? If you're like me, we want new information. We want, we want some tablets to come out of heaven. We want something new. And sometimes you don't need new information. You just need to be reminded of what you already know and what God already said to you in the past. That's actually one of the main things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. In John 14, it says the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that Jesus has said. So they didn't know what to do, but they reached back and they applied a filter that they already knew. There's so many great filters that you 
and I can use in our life when we have to make decisions. What do those look like? Scripture, great filter. If you're trying to make a decision between, about something that is super clear in Scripture, should I be a little unethical about the funds so I can make a little extra money at work? Uh, probably not a great idea. We all, sometimes we think we need new stuff. We just need to be reminded of what we already know. There's a, uh, remember that encounter that Jesus had with the religious leader? And he comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And he was like, uh, well, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus' response, he goes, yep, <laughs> do that and you'll live. He thought he needed something new, but Jesus was like, we already talked about that in Scripture. Scripture's a great reference to use. Maybe you were reading something uh, and you're reading the last six weeks, six months, and you highlighted something that stuck out to you. That might be a really good filter to use right now in the decision that you're making. What else can be a good filter? Um, past experience can be a great way to filter your decisions. Let's say you had a job before where you had to travel 85% of the time, and it was really hard on your family in that season, and you felt God tell you, like, hey, this is not a good fit for you in this season. You're like, all good. But then like six months later, a job comes up and it offers a lot more money and the travel's like 80%. And you're like, God, what do I do? And he's like, uh, we already talked about this six months ago. Why are you asking me this? We refer back. Or maybe it's in, like with a relationship. And your last relationship was a little rocky, didn't work so well. The person wasn't really pursuing a relationship with Jesus. And you're like, you really felt the Lord tell you, hey, next time, next time, it's got to be someone who's going the same way as you. And you really felt that. And you're like, Lord, I got it. Good. And then three months later, he comes along or she comes along and, and it, they ain't really going the same way. And you're like, but Jesus, I know, but look at her though. I mean, he looked cool. He's tall. He's like 6'4". And Jesus is like, we already talked about this. Sometimes you don't need new information. You just need to be reminded of what you already know. So they, they take something that Jesus said before, and it narrows it all the way down to like two people. So point number one, how do I know? You don't. Certainty is overrated. It's unrealistic. Which way, direction, apply a filter. Maybe you don't know what to do right now, but maybe there's something God said to you before through his word, through a friend, through a circumstance, through experience that you could use to make this thing way easier, if not just make the whole decision for you by using a filter. So let's keep going. The last part of this question, how do I know which way God wants me to go? And I think that line, like God wants, it deals with God's desire. And that's really for many of us in this room where we are, right? Like, we don't want to just make decisions that seem good to us. We're like, yo, God, like, if I'm going to do this, I want to make sure that this decision is lined up with your desire for me. So how do I actually, like, make that decision that lines up with what you want and not just what I prefer? Um, so let's jump back into the story. So they've got these two people that they have nominated, and it says this in verse number 25. They nominated two, Joseph Barsabas, nicknamed Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, you, O oh God, know every one of us inside and out. Make plain which of these two men you choose to take the place in this ministry and leadership that, Ju that Judas threw away in order to go his own way. Then they drew straws. Matthias won and was counted in with the 11. Okay. 
if this isn't hilarious to you, you and I just might not be friends in real life. Like, we might not have a lot in common. This is hilarious to me. They've got these two people there. This is a super important decision. Team 12, high, this is, this is important. And then they pray. Like, they pray, in my, with my mind, this is passionate prayer. Like, the mood is set. The keys are playing softly in the background. And they're like, oh, God, you alone know every heart. Make it plain. Show us your will. Oh, God. You know, like, they're crying. And then it just says, then they drew straws. <laughs> and Matthias, one of us, counted in with the 11. Like, that's it. That was the, I'm like, is that allowed? Is that a decent way to, like, make this important? They just drew straws. And what's, what's even crazier that they did that is that they went with it. They accepted it. Like, if I'm the other guy, if I'm Joseph Barsabas, a.k.a. Just, like, maybe, maybe that's why they didn't pick this dude, because he had, like, eight names, and they could never remember it. Like, what's this dude's name? Joseph Barsabas. Let's go with Matthias. It's a little easier. Like, if I'm that dude, I'm like, can we go best of three on the straws, or we just going one, one and done? They went, they went with it. Like, when I read this story, all the crazy things that God has done along the way throughout Scripture, all the stuff that Jesus was just doing when he was on the earth, walking through walls, levitating into the sky, I'm expecting, oh God, show us your will. Show, show us, I'm expecting tongues of fire, like show me a tongue of fire on the dude's head. That happens in the next chapter. Like do something big. Make it obvious. Straws? That's what we're doing now. And if you're like me, man, like when I want to hear from God, sometimes I look for the extraordinary thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, God, I pray prayers like that. God, just show me your will. And in my head, I want a tongue of fire to show up. I, 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 want, a, I want a a plane to fly over my, my house with a banner saying, you know, go to Nebraska or something. Like I want something clear. But sometimes God doesn't speak and lead and guide and direct through massive, obvious things. Apparently, God can speak through straws too. How weird is that? Not expected, but obviously he can use really small, simple things to direct us. Now, I'm usually not the acronym guy. Like, the, you know the acronym guy with preachers? It's always like, it's a thing. I'm usually not that guy. I'm going to break my rule today. I'm going to be the acronym guy since we're here. So sometimes God can speak through straws. And sometimes God is speaking through random and weird situations. God can apparently speak through straws. And sometimes we're looking in all of the wrong places. We want God to, to, to have someone call us out of a, a crowd in a church service and bring us to the front and tell us all about our lives. Sometimes that happens. Awesome. But sometimes God might speak through something that's really weird, really random, really small, something that you almost could have overlooked and not even thought about. And if God can speak through drawing straws and shooting dice, what? If he can speak through straws, he might want to lead you through a song that comes up on your playlist, and you're like, that's weird that that came on now. And it sounds like, is that God? Is drawing straws God? I don't know. But like, he could maybe speak through that. He could speak through a comment that a friend says that didn't even know what you were thinking about. You're like, that's weird that they said that. 
There's all kinds of small and simple and subtle straws that God might want to guide you by. And in John chapter number 16, it says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. I think that's like the nature of a straw, like a small thing. Like it doesn't say the spirit will force you into all truth. He's not going to grab you and then like be like, go this way. It's going to often feel a lot more like, like, a, like a nudge, like a pull, like something that I might not assign as God, but maybe he's speaking through that. Maybe it's something small. And in my life, like here, when I have to make decisions, hearing from God, it's way more often a pull, a nudge, a whisper, something weird, something like, really? That's, that God is speaking through that? Then the big obvious thing. And man, this has been a season of, of just my life personally where like I've been like walking through this like in real time. Um, you know, our family moved from Denver to San Diego like seven weeks ago. And it was like, that's a big, I, for, I mean, maybe you've moved a million times. Like I just haven't. So for me, it was like a big decision. Like what do we do? And I think going into it and once we decided, like people would ask and friends would be like, are you sure? Like, are you sure that's what? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I'm like 60%, you know? And when you make a move like that, you want to just like know for sure. And I just, I think certainty is overrated. And the people that seem to have it, have you ever noticed that? The person who's always 100% sure also seems to change a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> no judgment. I'm just, it's an observation. Like, God told me this for sure. And then like six months later, I was like, ah, never mind. Now God told me this. It's like, just, just say 60. Just safer. It leaves room for you to be wrong. Like, did I know, do I know for sure? No. But I, 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 I think so. And uh, for those of you that don't know any of that story, like my wife is super dope, man, like uh, in science, and she's starting her own research lab. And she had 10 offers all across the country. East Coast to West Coast. And like, we had to apply this in real time. Like, how do you narrow that? Like, which way, what do we do? And I remember about four years ago, in my heart, when I knew this day would come at some point, I, I, like, I really sensed that God had told me, or I, you know, there was, you know what I mean when I say that. He didn't write anything on the mirror in the steam or anything like that. But you, just, you feel that. Like, when that time comes, the way I'm going to lead you is going to be what's best for her will be what's best for y'all. And I'm like, amen. It's easy to say that four years out, but when it happens, you're like, oh, wait. So you remember that, and when we applied that filter, it was clear it was like one of two places. It just made it so much, and now it makes it hard, but it made it clear, like, all right, God, I feel like you told me that. These two places are definitely what's best. And then from there, to be honest with you, I think because you're operating out of faith and trust, and you're applying what God has already said, it might be that you've got two really good options, two really good paths, and Jesus is standing at the end of both and is saying, what do you want to do? I'll bless, I'll bless you here. I'll bless you there. Like, you have agency in this. You decide, and I'll go with you. You remember that uh, in the Old Testament with Abraham? Speaking of Abraham, remember when it was like they were, he was too blessed, and he, had to, he was like, hey, me and Lot, we got to separate. And he told Lot, hey, you pick whatever way you want to go. I'll go the other way. And Lot picks the area that was all lush and looked amazing. Abraham goes this way, and, and as he's going, God's like, I'm going to bless you over there too. You could have, any way he picked, I'll bless you wherever you go. And I think when we, when we embrace 
the uncertainty and we allow faith to be cultivated in our hearts, when we apply what we already know instead of always looking for new stuff, it might be that God wants to, to bless you wherever you go. And instead of looking for the big, obvious thing, I want, I want to just challenge you this week. Like, maybe you have to make a decision. Maybe you don't. You're like, this is pointless. Maybe you'll know, maybe you have to make a decision in a month or two. Like, get that decision in your mind and just embrace the uncertainty. You're not going to know. God has probably already told you some stuff that you could use to make this a little easier. And he might, I want you to start looking for straws and not tongues of fire, not earthquakes and lightning. It might be little, strange, random, weird things that are going to pull you to that 60% one way. And once you're, once you're there, you can go. Make the decision in faith and God's going to bless you and God's going to go with you. And I just want to encourage you today, because this is one of those topics where people are like, I, just, I struggle hearing God. No, you don't. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. <laughs> if this is all true, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. He wants to speak to you. God is speaking to you. You can hear God. You can have confidence in knowing God's going to go with you and that you can make a decision that's going to please God. So I hope that you walk out of this place feeling confident and feeling encouraged that you can hear the voice of God and God wants to speak to you and it might just be through a straw instead of something big. So let's stand up. It's going to be time for us to go in a second, but um, if you would just close your eyes, bow your heads real quick, and maybe you're listening to this message and you're like, all this talk about God leading me, I don't even feel like I have a relationship with God at all. Like, I'm new to this. Someone tricked me into coming in here. Um, but if that's you today, man, and you feel that, like we talked about, that tug in your heart of like, man, I kind of feel like I kind of want to dive into having a relationship with Jesus. Um, you can do that. Like, there's no, there's no hoops to jump through. You just say yes in your heart and allow God to come in and say, God, I just, I want to follow you. I want you to change my life. If that's you today, as we pray in just a second, just like say yes in your heart and God will rush in and your life will, will be forever changed. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. I pray for any, anybody in this room right now that doesn't know you or feels like they're far from you, God, you're close to every single one of us. So anybody in here that wants a relationship with you, God, I just, right now in their heart, as they just open their heart and say yes, God, I pray that you would rush into their life and remind them and show them and reveal to them how loved they are by you, how you've forgiven all of their wrong and all of their sin, and God, you want to direct and lead their life. And Lord, as we, as we um, digest this today, for those of us that have to make important decisions, I pray that you would help us embrace the uncertainty of it all. Help us to be okay with not having to know how it's going to work out and embrace the fact that maybe you want us right there, like right in that 60% zone, and that's, that's where we learn to trust you, where we learn to lean on you. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, would you remind us of all the things you've already said to us? Bring that stuff back to remembrance in our hearts and help us to narrow down maybe what, what's in front of us and from there, God, I just pray that you would speak to us through small stuff. Give us confidence to know that we can hear your voice. And give us confidence to know that you go with us whichever way that we go in our lives. So, Lord, I pray that any of this that was just my thoughts, my opinions, my, my own stuff, God, allow that to fall to the ground and evaporate. God, but whatever is from you, would you allow it to stick in our hearts? And, God, would you lead us and help us with this as we go into our lives this week? So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love y'all so much. Let's worship some more before we go today. 
We hope you've been encouraged this week. For more information or to submit a prayer request, go to denverunited.com.